Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Death comes to us all. Maybe from a virus or disease. Maybe an injury or infection. Perhaps it will be old age. But your death will one day come. Death comes, and death demands respect. It was certainly out of respect that these women come to the tomb. But more than respect, it was love that compelled them. Jesus was their dear friend. And since they couldn't finish anointing his body for burial because of the Sabbath day, they returned to do this service for their friend as soon as the Sabbath rest was finished. Undoubtedly, these women had done this for others before. They knew how to care for a dead body. They didn't fear handling his lifeless corpse. In fact, all throughout our Lord's suffering and death, and even until now, these women show a remarkable lack of fear. When Jesus is crucified, only St. John and these women are among the followers of Jesus who watch. The rest of the Lord's disciples have run away in fear. It seems these women didn't fear Pilate either, for they followed and watched as Jesus was buried. And on Easter morning when they were coming to the tomb, Perhaps they knew the soldiers would be there to guard it, but they didn't seem to be afraid of the Roman guards. In fact, it seems their only concern was to how to get the extremely large stone away from the entrance so that they could get in. Now, being a friend of Jesus was dangerous. It could get you killed. Yet these women seemed to have no fear of death. But as they approach the grave, they find the stone rolled away, and they see an angel dressed in a white robe. This angel preached the gospel to them. Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him as he said to you. And now these formerly fearless women are suddenly afraid. But it wasn't death that caused them to fear, but the proclamation that Jesus is risen. How strange. When these women are focused on death, They are downright courageous. But when it comes to hearing the gospel of life, they go out and say nothing to anyone, for they are afraid. But what could cause this? Why do they have more comfort from death than from life? Could it be that death is something that they know? That death happens routinely? It seems such a part of our world that we seem to think of it as natural. 
in some way we have come to expect to expect and accept death. We certainly don't like it, but we come to see it as the usual order of things. Death steals away those we love. He may be cruel and hurtful, but at least he is a familiar enemy. And sadly, even some run to him for comfort. But life after death? That's not part of our daily life. Life after death is the stuff of vampires and zombies. It's unnatural. It's backward. We don't want nightmares of the living dead. Now death, death is real. Many of you have seen a dead body. Perhaps you've even felt the chill of the cold skin. In this way, death is tangible. And we are witnesses of death. But whenever you come to church, the preacher has the audacity to preach that Jesus who died didn't stay dead. That all of you who are baptized into the Lord's name have already died and risen with him. And by faith in him on the last day, he will raise your lifeless body and give you eternal life. This is the message of the gospel but we can't see it or feel it. And it certainly doesn't seem as real as death, so we doubt it. We begin to think it's not real. We're tempted to rely on what we see and what we can feel, even when what we see and feel will give us no hope. Because this is true, that death is coming And when it comes for you, you will be unable to resist. Lately, the news seems to be more full of death than usual. Every day, you hear the mounting toll of those who have died due to COVID-19. Whether an increase of one or two a day or hundreds, the numbers increase. You can watch on the map how quickly those numbers climb elsewhere. And now the tally has even started here. And you wonder who could be next. Death is constantly before us. And if there's one thing to be learned from how our society has handled this crisis, if there's one thing that we can understand that is true, death is bad. Death is not the way that things are supposed to be. Death is bad, and life is good. Consider what it would have meant for those women to go to that tomb on that Sunday morning and not find the tomb empty. What if they found a dead Jesus? Anointing his body would have been just like anointing any other body. It would have seemed the most natural. These women wanted to have the comfort gained by honoring the innocent life that death had so cruelly taken, and now that comfort had been stolen from them. But a Jesus who stayed dead is not a Lord Jesus. 
If there is no one to conquer death, then everyone who dies would remain captive to death forever and ever. Amen. But these women, comfortable with death, are confronted with a new reality. The dead Jesus isn't dead anymore. Jesus' resurrection shows that he has power over death, but it also shows more. In the beginning there was only life. But from the Garden of Eden, when Adam first sinned, death came into the world as the consequence for sin. Without sin, there would be no death. But with sin, death comes. This means that death and sin go together. Where there is sin, there is death. And so we can understand it the other way, too. Where we see death, it's evidence of sin. Not necessarily that this death is for that particular sin, but the very fact that there's death in this world, we know that sin is here, too. But we have become comfortable with death. Death seems only natural. And if death is natural then sin is too. Betrayal and fear and lying are just the way things are. Vanity and selfishness and laziness are the way that it's supposed to be. Sin is the way the world works. We don't know a society without greed or lust or theft. A civilization without these things would be the most unnatural in the whole world. Can you imagine what the news would be like? No reports of disease or embezzlement or con artists. No robbery or disregard of authority. There's an adage in the news industry, if it bleeds, it leads. Bad news, fearful news, these are what sell. People are a lot more interested in hearing about bad things in the world than good. So if you went home today and you turned on the news and it was only good, you might be a little confused. You might even be a little bit afraid, wondering what stories they're hiding from you. That, in some way... I think it's analogous to how those women felt when they came to the tomb expecting to find a body and they see an angel instead. Life is not the way we think about things because we are so used to living in a world of death that life itself seems unnatural. One of the ways we can think about sin is that it breaks and distorts our way of looking at the world. If you've ever seen bent mirrors or those in a funhouse, they can show you a distorted image of reality. Everything looks askew. Nothing looks the way it actually appears. Now imagine that you have glasses that work like that mirror. Everything that you see is hazy and wavy and distorted but suddenly something in your field of view looks perfectly straight. 
it doesn't seem to match the reality that you know, it would probably make you afraid. St. Paul tells us that the message of the cross is foolishness to those without Christ. It doesn't make any sense unless the Holy Spirit has enlightened our hearts. And in Acts, those opposed to the gospel seek the Christians because they say the Christians have turned the world upside down. For the women at the tomb on that Sunday morning, suddenly everything has turned upside down and they run away in fear. When Jesus died on the cross, He took all the sin of the world upon Himself. He suffered their punishment in His own body. He experienced an eternity of hell in an instant as His Father turned His face away and forsook His only beloved Son. On the cross, Jesus paid for every sin, yours, mine, your neighbor's, and even your enemies. All the sins of the world are heaped upon Jesus, and he carried them to his cross. Have you ever felt guilt? He felt it deeper. Have you ever been under the weight of your sin? It pierced him more sharply. And remember that death is the punishment for sin. Jesus bears all sin, so Jesus dies. But though he bore the sin of the whole world, he remained innocent. Now death had taken an innocent victim, and it had to give him back. Death is the consequence for sin. Jesus took all the sin of the world. So if your sin is on Jesus and not on you, then you are freed from death. It has no power over you. Consider a slightly different translation of what we sang a few minutes ago. But Jesus Christ, God's only Son, to our low state descended. The cause of death he has undone. Its power forever ended. Ruined all its right and claim and left it nothing but the name. Its sting is lost forever. Alleluia. In Jesus, sin is undone and death is but a name. Now, we will face death throughout our lives. And every death we witness is a testimony that we ourselves are dying, that we have earned the death that we face. We know that we daily sin much and truly deserve nothing but punishment. So what else can we do but agree with God? confess our sins to Him, and pray for His mercy. And then we must listen to the messenger from heaven, dressed in the white robe. He says to us, You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. This messenger, dressed in the white robe of heaven itself, affirmed the women's search for Jesus but he told them they were looking in the wrong place. There is no comfort to be found in a dead Jesus. Comfort isn't in dying. 
There is no joy in dying. Joy and comfort are in Jesus and in a living Jesus. Jesus has taken the punishment of sin for you, and now all those baptized into his name have his own promise that your sins are not on you because Jesus has washed them off in that water. Though you live in a sinful world, though you still sin, though you will still die, ultimately Jesus has taken away your sin, and now your death is like the death of Jesus. Your death is not the end. On the last day, death will have to give you up, and death is but the door to everlasting life in Jesus. In the holy name of Jesus, Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Now may the peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord to life everlasting. Amen.